I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book, is currently out at bluerosemag.com. It is $19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. And welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm Brian Kazowski, and beside me is... Ben Durant. And today, Ben, we have the godfather of Twin Peaks, John Thorne, and the Sultan of Soul, Scott Ryan, from Blue Rose Magazine on the show. Yeah, hey, John and Scott. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Hello, everyone. So you guys have been busy. Didn't you guys just get back from the, the UK Fest? We did, yes. It was the first time I had ever been, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. I think it was my favorite Twin Peaks event that I ever went to, my favorite trip and everything. It just was awesome. Wow, and you, you've been to a bunch of Twin Peaks uh, uh, Fest events. What made this one so special? Well, I just feel like... Every, I, I, I knew so many more people that were there. And I don't know, seeing Rebecca Del Rio sing No Stars, she just like blows you to the back of the room with her power and her voice. from Mulholland Drive was just amazing. And those were like bucket list moments for me. I had never met Bobby Briggs before, and we had a great moment with Dane Ashbrook. I mean, John, do you want to tell him about our Dane Ashbrook moment? Yeah, sure. We were lucky enough to uh, go up and speak with him. He was signing autographs, and we just went up and chatted with him for a little bit. And I happened to have photographs with me that... um, Richard Beamer had taken uh, from the final episode, sort of the wrap party for the original series of Twin Peaks. And I also had some photos of the original shoot of the pilot uh, out on Bainbridge Island. And uh, I showed those to Dana Ashbrook, and he was just absolutely delighted to see these pictures. He, he, he paged through them and, and pointed out people that he hadn't seen i guess in quite some time remembered who they were mm. he was just sort of uh, overcome with uh, memories of the time being uh, on the set and it was just so much fun to watch him and listen to him react to those pictures he really was reliving some of that and uh, i think uh we i think we made an impression on him which was kind of nice and so that was a nice moment for sure and one of the things that you guys had to get, got to experience was uh was it twin peaks vr do you want to talk about that, Scott? Ooh. Well, Gideon Bonaparte did Twin Peaks VR. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't want to do it. And <laughs> I was there the day before the fest started. 
And I was setting up and, you know, getting the blue rose that we had to drop off the issues. And, and Gideon said, hey, do you want to try this video reality, virtual reality? See how, what a, you know, old guy I am. I don't know what the VR stands for. Is it videotape? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> virtual reality, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really didn't even want to do it. I thought, what do I care? I got so sucked into it. Like, I was loving it. It was just like being in Snoqualmie, and I love being in Snoqualmie. And, you know, he doesn't, he's not doing anything that is copyright infringement against Twin Peaks. He just went to the real locations and he kind of films it, including the Reber house, you know, the huh. Palmer house. Do you get to go inside? Bar. Do you get to go inside the house or? Yes, you go up, oh. upstairs into Laura's bedroom, and I mean, it just was amazing. It, I mean, it was really moving, and I loved that so much. He he did a phenomenal job. I know that other events are planning doing other things, but I don't think it's this. Like hmm. his is very specific. And this festival of disruption. I don't know if he's a te- if that's the same one. I thought there was going to be VR at the at the. No, that's a different one. Oh, and a different I one. think that one is more of a computerized thing. I think uh. you go in the red room. This was not that. This mm. they actually like he filmed it with the drone and you f- kind of fly above the double R diner. Ah. And it if you, it just was amazing. Laura Stewart from Twenty Five Years Later, she did it and she just cried afterward and she was like, I can't believe these places are real. And I'm like, yeah, it's real. (laughs) (laughs) And you've been there, so you knew. I mean, it's even, I think, more special when you've been there and then actually feel like you're there again. That's cool. In the UK. So, yeah. Yeah, you can experience Twin Peaks anywhere. You you know, we we happily leave our country to uh, experience Twin Peaks in another country, and it's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned the Blue Rose magazine. You actually unveiled the cover at the UK Fest, didn't you? Yes, as a matter of fact, we did. We were up on stage with Scott and uh, Courtney Stallings and myself, and uh, we had uh, the cover for issue eight, um, which is a beautiful cover, and yeah, it is. we had a nice big reproduction of it that we were able to uh, show to the audience. So I think that was that was a lot of fun to do. And Scott, of course, enjoyed being up on stage. I think too. <laughs> oh, right, Scott. Yeah, I'm just shy. <laughs> for accepting us. Uh, The first article in the first issue of the Blue Rose is about the UK Twin Peaks Fest. And she's always supported us and we support her. And isn't that the Twin Peaks community? This is not the brainchild of me, it's the brainchild of John, me, Courtney, and all of the writers that are here. Um, I'm going to name them, but I'd forget someone, so I'm not going to pretend that I did. This is not the cover, by the way, it's behind here. This, that's blank. Just I was going to wear a deer head and pork, but someone else already did. Um, so, Issue 8 is very special to us. So Wayne Barnes did this cover, and let's take a look. This is Wayne Barnes' work. I'm shy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you go to my Facebook page, which is just my regular Facebook, I think I did actually post it through the Blue Rose. We videoed us up on stage and debuting the Issue 8 cover. Wayne Barnes did this tribute to Cheryl Lee that is unbelievable. I mean, I don't know how every co- I've I've every cover this year, I've said it's my favorite cover. I mean, we started with five with Jeff Lemire. That was my favorite cover ever. Yeah. And then we had the Palmer House, and I was like, that's my favorite cover. <laughs> and then we had Blake's Women of Lynch, and I was like, oh, that's my favorite cover. <laughs> and now we've got Cheryl Lee. I mean, so the next cover is just going to be like a picture of me slumped in <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> Just so everyone knows. <laughs> now, now, is there any plans to make this cover or any cover poster size to sell on your store? 
Well, one of the things that I always say is the Blue Rose does not want to be in the poster business. Mm. But the way the Blue Rose runs, because we're not struggling to get by, but we're not a major corporation, let's put it that way. So we can't pay Wayne and Blake what someone really would be paid to do this work. Mm -hmm. So we don't own the covers. Like, that is Wayne's cover. Okay. And I believe Wayne will make it available at some point. I hope he does. I mean, it's beautiful, but it won't be something that we do. And the same with Blake. Eventually, he'll make that art. But they're very kind to let us, you know, sort of have it for a couple months so we can move the magazines. So, you know, my house isn't just filled with boxes of magazines. (laughs) The family's eating uh, dinner around. (laughs) Pull that magazine box up and have a seat. Uh, You know, we're trying to get rid of these things. So eventually, I would think Wayne would sell that. But at the UK, uh, you did have a poster size, and I don't know, was that given away, or was it auctioned off, or? Well, Rose Thorne, no relation to John, she is part of the Double R Club, and they do a cabaret versus cancer Hmm. thing. So we donated both the large covers, because we had an issue seven and eight, to them and so they will probably get some people to sign it or do some auction and that'll all go to charity which you know again we we try not we're in the business of writing about Twin Peaks and that's really all we want to be in the business and not you know marketing yeah t-shirts and coffee cups and although wouldn't everyone buy a John Thorne coffee cup they probably I would yeah Yeah. do we we get his face on the on the cup (laughs) (laughs) No, no response from John. John. <laughs> I just said, I just said, highly doubted. I don't know why anyone <laughs> would want. It would say, on the side, it was all a dream. It was That's all what a it dream. would say. <laughs> issue eight. I'd love to talk about issue eight. Actually, uh, Scott, you not that long ago told us what was going to happen. Is you kind of revealed it on our show that you got the the interview of a lifetime. <laughs> Do you want to talk more about that? That's all I want to talk about. (laughs) Like, I go to the grocery store, and while I'm scanning, I tell the lady, did you ever know that I met Cheryl Lee? (laughs) No, I'm I'm very excited for people to finally read this interview. I've been sitting on it since February 24th. That's a long time to be sitting on some really, really great information. So I'm I'm just can't wait for people to read it. The magazine is at the printers now, so I mean it's it's so close. And how long did you, how how much time did you get to uh, talk to her about? I think it was a little bit over two hours we wow. spent together. That's amazing. That's really a, a good amount of time. And uh, it's a great interview too. Yeah. So you were nice enough to. We're not going to spoil anything here, but I'll say that she comes off very warm just from re- reading her. You know, like so. I don't know how you can get that feeling, but you just read that interaction between her and you, and it just she comes off. I was crying reading. Oh. It. <laughs> I was like, I'm so happy for Scott. This is amazing. And for the most part, I hold it together. I mean, every once in a while, I, I, you know, got a little excited. And, but she really is that person. I'm glad that it comes out because when I read it, I almost feel like, oh, but it was so much better, you know. But I think that it does come out. Let me jump in here and just, if you don't mind, I'd talk a little bit about my reaction to this interview. Um, I think I think this is, you know, obviously I'm selling the magazine, but this is a great interview. Uh, I was really uh, impressed when sent it to me. I knew it was going to be a fun interview. I knew he was going to, you know, have good conversation with Cheryl Lee. But what I didn't expect was that he was going to basically, you know, get into the nuts and bolts of Twin Peaks with her to mm-hmm. the extent that he did. Mm-hmm. And I think it really was extremely helpful that Scott was able to sit down with her face to face for a, a long period of time and and just talk about Twin Peaks with her. And, and she opens up a little bit about her own personal feelings about what the world of Twin Peaks means to her. But also mm-hmm. she gives us a little bit of an interpretive view of how Twin Peaks functions, at least in her mind. And I think that's extremely valuable. I found it to be really eye-opening. So, you know, there's been a lot of interviews with some of the actors on, you know, websites and here and there, and people get them for five or 10 minutes. And those are great, but this goes a lot further than that. 
Uh, I just, again, I'm really, really pleased that uh, Scott was able to get this opportunity and, you know, really get Shirley to open up about Twin Peaks. It's it's really, really good. Mm -hmm. It really is. It is something. Congratulations, Scott. Ah, thank you. I mean, it's weird because, like, you always get balanced between... You know, being humble, because I am humbled that I got to spend this time with her. But on the flip side, I, I honestly think it was the best interview I've ever done with anyone, whether that's Letterman or 30-something or Twin Peaks, because I feel like I'd waited for it for so long. <laughs> I, mean, I had questions I wanted to know. I wanted to understand how she did what she did in Firewalk with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like after meeting with her and talking with her, I do understand it for the first time. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you guys touched on a lot of things, and I love that she, she even gets into her craft a little bit. I kind of think that's really special, too, when an actor is willing to open up and say this is how they take on a character and stuff. And yeah. It was so well done. And, and after reading it, Scott, I wanted more. I was like, yeah, I know. What, wait, 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 wait. This is two hours? Yeah, we're going to get the next part of the interview <laughs> on the next issue, right? <laughs> no, that really is it. I mean, in the whole so thing, good. I did cut an extra section about backbeat. There were two... You know, we talked about Backbeat for a while because that is one of my favorite movies and I'm a huge Beatles fan. And we, so that's really the only thing I cut. There's just one paragraph. I mean, that's it, guys. It's 5,100 words in that article. It, yeah, you, I, you know, it goes by quick. When you it read does. that article, so it, it is awesome. And my second favorite is another uh, Scott Ryan interview with David Patrick Kelly. That interview was great. Jerry Horn. Jerry Horn. He's a fascinating character. He is something. And you you touch on all sorts of stuff. And I do I think that's something that's great with you, Scott, is that you'll talk about Twin Peaks, but you'll you'll touch on all these other things that interest the artist and that's sort of the way that I'm moving just personally. And I had talked to John about it throughout this year and and like John said, there there are a million places, your show included, where you can hear people talk about Twin Peaks. And I don't know. How are you really going to get David Patrick Kelly to tell you something about season one and two that you haven't heard before? And, mm-hmm. and even season three. So I feel like both pieces are more character pieces where you're really getting to know these people. Yeah. And the, the David Patrick Kelly one really was crazy because I did it like the day after Christmas last year. And so we've also been sitting on that one for a long time. And... I don't know. We just had so much fun. I mean, we sang a lot in the thing and we had fun. It was it was he was what I always wanted him to be. I wanted to he- I want to hear the audio of you two singing. <laughs> I know. I well, I was thinking like uh sometime it would be fun to do a little release a little section because especially when we got to talking about the Beatles and he starts singing the bass line of you won't see me mm. and it was just so much fun so I started singing on top of of him and you know I don't know <laughs> I'm a huge Beatles fan so it's weird that like this is our Beatles issue in, yeah in some weird way. and you're always getting to Julie Cruz you sang with um, that was a great interview on your uh, Red Room podcast and then I'm um, in my mind hearing his voice and your voice singing when I'm reading the article. I'm like, Scott's new gimmick is he's going to sing with his guests at the end. There you go. Then it all started on your show and I sang the Sycamore tune yes. a couple years ago. I don't know, is that three years now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love it. It's, it's oh. got to be a new thing. I think we should end today's show with all of us singing. No, no. that's not going to happen. <laughs> There's four of us. We could do For the Longest Time by Billy Joel. Oh, I can, I, that's a good one. That's we can do it. One. Yeah. So there's this other article, uh, Punch Drunk. We can say that there is an article in here by Matt Marone, who's one of the writers, an excellent writer, for the Blue Rose magazine. And he did some research on an element, a small element, of season three. Um, And what he discovered was some very interesting little bits of information that kind of you know, give us some background uh, to one small aspect of season three. I don't want to overhype it, but it it is a great piece of detective work. It is. Get. I mean, the it story is. that he tells is not only interesting in that what what it's about, but also interesting in the way he went about doing it and how he tracked some of this information down and how, in fact, when he went to Sabrina Sutherland with some questions, she didn't have the answers. So he found answers out mm-hmm. about this this topic. 
that that they didn't even that you know the Twin Peaks production offices did not know. If you were you know if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan and you like to know every little bit of trivia about everything, then this is the article for you. It's really a lot of fun. Truly, um, it, it's 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 well, another impressive piece. And I'm one of those people. Like this is an element that I wanted more answers to, mm-hmm. and it is a small piece of the of the whole of of the series. But it was still something. that's like I want more information, and I got it. I got it in this article, and it it was really amazing. Like you said, John, great detective work by yeah. by Matt. And uh, yeah, you, I would definitely recommend people checking it out. Yeah, I was. Cra- I'm like, what are the coincidences? Like the coincidence of his profession in that piece. It was just exactly. wow, wow. Okay. Yeah. Could yeah, get better than uh, that. those 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 uh, those things aligned very nicely and allowed for him to do the kind of research. Really, I you know I don't think Scott and I would have had access no. to to some of the sources that he did. So again, I just you know it is a, it is a small thing. It's not like we're you know you know revealing some major <laughs> revelation about it. But but you know there's a lot but of it, obsessive yeah, Twin Peaks I mean, fans out there. I think they'll be happy to see this. The truth is, you will read something and learn something no one in the world knows right now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah not even Sabrina. I mean, I mean, nobody in Twin Peaks probably production knew this, probably. Right. Yeah. And I do want to say something about Matt Marone. He contacted us, I don't even know when, before the summer, and gave us one, he had a piece ready to go and it was great. And it was, at that time we were prepping for Women of Lynch, so we had to hold it. And then in that time, he's written, I think, three more articles? <laughs> wow. For the Blue Rose Magazine. Yeah, and I, yeah, for us. And so this wasn't even supposed to be in this issue, but because this issue does have a secret, if you will, that no one knows. We were like, well, we've got to get this out as soon as we can. So we've already promoted Matt to a senior writer Mm -hmm. on the staff uh, because I think he will be like part of the normal family with me, John, and Courtney being in every issue because his work is amazing. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, you know, you guys can't give away the secret, but even without the secret, wasn't the story he told fascinating yes it very was yeah yeah yeah. i mean he's going to be a great addition to the blue rose we're really excited about him joining us in year three and so uh courtney stallings she did uh, an article how i learned to stop worrying and love david lynch's hair (laughs) john can you share with us what this article is (laughs) are you gonna ask me about this i think i think scott's well i mean look courtney what i love everything that courtney writes Uh, she is She's just a good writer, and she decided to take on this topic, and it's a short piece, but it's just a lot of fun to read. It's one of the lighter pieces, I guess, in the magazine, but extremely well done, and it's it's about uh, David Lynch's hair. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Courtney worked her butt off on issue seven, and I wanted to give her issue eight off. I said, you just did so much, and she said, you know what, I just want to do something a little silly, and you cannot imagine how much fun we had saying David Lynch's hairpiece. There were were a million toupee jokes going back and forth about Courtney and David Lynch's hairpiece. You know, are you bringing the hairpiece? How are we attaching the (laughs) hairpiece? And I do like when the Blue Rose gets light as well, which, you know, we do with John Piricello, but it's kind of hard to do sometimes. With yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a palate cleanser in some ways. It's like, I think it's only one, one page, but you get that and then you're kind of like, okay, now let's get on to the next piece. And it's, I don't know. It's it gets of, heavier and heavier. These <laughs> it articles, does, it, it gets does. crazier. When we get to the end with, with John Thorne's up, we're starting to get deep in here. Yo, it's deep. <laughs> it's good. Uh, the Bookhouse Boy Review. Uh, Scott, do you want to share with us about that? Andrew wrote that. Yeah, we have we have kind of a double play on books in this one with a, a piece by Andrew and one by Andreas. Uh, one is reviewing Room to Dream, which, you know, again, we are print. And I mean, I know everyone covered Room to Dream the second it came out. And John and I kind of went back and forth you know, should we be covering this or should we not? But we felt that this was a major piece of literature about Lynch and it it deserves to be captured. So we have a review of that. And then Andreas, who we just love so much, he gives us an excerpt of his book. Yeah. And his book is going to be phenomenal. He gets access like 
to these people that are amazing. We're so honored that uh, we have this relationship with Andreas. Yeah, it's interesting that Scott you know, mentions about uh, the David Lynch book, Room to Dream. I mean, back in the wrapped in plastic days, you know, there was really no internet, and this would have been like one of the main things we would have been making sure we'd include in the next issue because you know it's 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 significant uh, David Lynch production this book. Um, but then you know nowadays, it, like Scott said, we we actually debated it. It was like, do we? Do we really need to put a review in of Room to Dream? Because by the time this comes out, the book will have been six months old. But the review is pretty good, I think. And I think it's an important book needs to be reviewed. And so we did. We, we've got uh, a, a decent summary and a brief analysis of what this book's about in here. And I'm going to go off book here because we're on books. Uh, and because I actually have not asked John this question, so I'm going to use this podcast time to take oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> I know that, John, you aren't all the way through Room to Dream because you're reading it slowly and you're yeah. taking your time. But as someone who's covered Lynch for 20, 30 years, tell me something you learned in that book. Have you, hmm. is there something that really stuck out to you that you're like, whoa, after all these years, I never knew this. Look at me putting John on the spot. But, well, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I, I bought the hardcover and then um, I wanted to make notes. And so I ended up also buying a digital version so I could highlight sections of, of it. Um, and so, yes, there were a number of things that Lynch says about his outlook on the world and his philosophy that I've been highlighting, uh, particularly things like, you know, some of the Buddhist, uh, he, he mentions reading a book on Buddhism and talking about how the world is an illusion. And I certainly highlighted that because I think that informs a lot of what he's produced, including very much Twin Peaks. We live inside a dream. So yeah. it's things like that that I'm looking for and finding in the book. I, I am reading it slowly. I'm just getting through, I, I guess, just finished the Inland Empire chapter. Reading the chapters from essentially Fire Walk With Me up through um, Mulholland Drive is fascinating because that's the time we were making Wrapped in Plastic. I just, it really brings back a lot of memories because I was so immersed in the world of David Lynch uh, in those years. <clears throat> so it's reminding me a lot of... Um, what was happening back then. I don't know if that really answers your questions. I, I'd have to go back and look at my notes. There is some information that's in there that gives you some insight into the philosophy of David Lynch. So I'm enjoying that. And I love that wrapped in plastic is mentioned in the book, right? It's, yeah. it's referred to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. really special. Yeah, I was really, really happy about that. Uh, both Craig and myself are mentioned, and of course the magazine is mentioned. It's just one sentence, but it is included in the Twin Peaks chapter. You know, as I said, I know we're simply a footnote, uh, a tiny, tiny footnote in the history of Twin Peaks, which is fine, but we're still a footnote, and that was really nice to have it mentioned in in this this overview of Lynch's life and his art. That was great. And I know the debate you guys are talking about, well, what, would you put this in, this book into your magazine or not? And for me, I'm always like, I always wanted to be like an archive. I want, I want to be able to go back to Blue Rose magazine and say, oh yeah, mm. that's when they covered this and that's when they did this. But I'm also probably always thinking about Wrapped in Plastic where it was, you guys are, they're different magazines and, and mm -hmm. so that's always hard for me to realize. But I, I love that you guys put this in there. I think it's it's good for people to people who may not have known the book came out and maybe yeah maybe they need to read it again I mean they need to find out about it and it'll be a good Christmas present yeah yeah there you oh, go is, is that what you're planning on getting me for Christmas <laughs> 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 yes do you have it <laughs> well I could have one from you as well All right. <laughs> So the last article is a, is is one that John uh, you did right. You worked with uh, I gotta get butcher his last name Tim T Tim Kreider. And it's funny. Yes. I feel like there are some similarities in the sense that you had this whole dream theory back in the day, and that he kind of has his own dream theory on season three. And how was that actually talking with with him about his theory? Yeah, well, let me tell you who Tim Kreider is. He <clears throat> he's a, an essayist and an author. He's been around for some time. He's got a number of books that he's written. And um, Craig and I, Craig Miller, who I did Wrapped in Plastic with, and I, we kind of quote unquote discovered him when he was writing essays for 
uh, Film Quarterly magazine in the 90s, and he wrote a great essay on the straight story, uh, and then another uh, great essay on Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, and we really liked the way he analyzed film. We actually had an opportunity to interview him back in the Wrapped in Plastic days. And this was like, I think, 17 years ago. Wow. We interviewed him about, you know, just his approach to criticism and uh, analysis of film. And he was a big influence on me. I mean, really, um, I kind of changed the way I started looking at Lynch's work after I read some of his stuff. So then over the summer, I happened to cross this new essay that he put up on the internet about season three. I, I had no idea it was out there, and I read it, and I was like, wow, he's got a big S dream theory essay on season three. And I was about to reach out to him. This is true. I was about to send him an email or try to find a way to contact him because I'd lost touch. And he emailed me. 24 hours later and he wow, said I, wow. I don't know if you remember me but I've got this essay and I said I do and I'm you know so excited about it I'd really like to interview you about it for the magazine and uh, so we made contact again and yeah this is this is not a, an article or an essay this piece this is actually an interview uh, that I conducted with Tim Kreider about this theory that he has which just quick quickly sum it up is that he summarizes that the all of season three is a dream there's a lot of evidence to support that uh by someone named dale cooper uh, and i won't give you all the details because they're not mine really to give but that perhaps this dale cooper's trying to atone for something that he did it's an interesting theory it's an uncomfortable theory it's a theory that even tim Kreider says that he doesn't particularly like but the evidence kept pointing him in this direction so i wanted to dig deep on this with him and not only this theory but just his take on other parts of season three you know what his reaction was what his you know what his thinking was about some elements of it so that's what this is it's, it's basically a conversation between him and me about uh about season three the fascinating thing is it actually complements uh the cheryl lee interview because uh, in the cheryl lee interview I, I'm not going to tell you exactly what she says, but on page five of, of the Blue Rose, uh, Cheryl Lee talks about something that almost exactly matches up with what Tim Kreider is talking wow. about. And I thought that the synchronicity there was pretty amazing. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that is cool. So that book ends. You, you start off with uh, Cheryl Lee and you end with... Yeah. Uh, I, I'm saving... Yeah. Your, that interview from when I get the physical copy. I write everything oh. but that, and I was like, you know, this is big, <laughs> and this is a lot. I'm, I really want to, like, be able to sit comfortably in a chair to read it, not on my phone. <laughs> or, you know. You want to pencil notes in in the margins as you read this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, here's the thing about John and Tim's discussion. It makes you want to argue. It was really funny. Like, I don't even know if I made it all the way through before I called John to argue. <laughs> And it's not, you know, I was like, I really love this article, but it's pissing me off. There are just ways you want to argue. Mm -hmm. And that is why the fact that John compares it to his Chet Desmond theory, I think is a good idea because this, the best theories kind of make you angry because they're mm -hmm. taking something probably away from that you like. Mm -hmm. And so I think this article is going to spark some good debate. I would just add to that, I see it slightly differently than Scott does. I totally get where you're coming from. But for me, this interview, I, I, I would say, for this theory, I don't entirely agree with this theory. It, there's pro I have some problems with it, and I bring them up in this interview. But the beauty of this theory was it started me thinking in a, in a whole different way. And I started seeing some things I hadn't seen before, and... So, in effect, I've kind of come up with a – I actually mentioned a few of them in my back and forth with Tim, some new ideas about how we might – they're different than his, but how we might look at season three, how we might interpret it. You know, how do we get our, our hands around it? So, for me, it, it stimulated me. I was like, oh, now I'm thinking in some different ways. So, I, that's what I loved about it. And, John, you know, it's funny you say that because I feel like that's what your work does. Mm -hmm. Whenever I read your work, it makes me start thinking. And I go off on a whole other path. And I think about all these other right. things. But it's That's it, the beauty of it. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I want to say that's really your work, too. I mean, you, you do an amazing job when, when you put out stuff, getting people thinking and, and exploring new avenues. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah. And I, I you know, Tim Kreider was one of those guys way back when who got me thinking in, in different ways. And he's still doing it. So so it's nice to have uh, this small piece um, 
uh, in here. Uh, sort of a callback to the old days, too. So that was nice. Yeah. And so you guys are always thinking beyond. I mean, I guess you're going to be getting into year three pretty soon. Yes. Yeah, what are we going to do, Scott? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I had the whole me slumped in a chair idea. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. No, a whole issue of that. It can be like a flip book. You just flip and you slump further and further. He just falls to the ground exhausted. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean... One of the reasons we're here is to promote issue eight because both of us feel that it's one of our strongest issues ever. And you go out to bluerosemag.com and pick up issue eight and you're going to really enjoy Cheryl Lee and all of these other things. But the other thing is we're here to do a major push that we are announcing on Twin Peaks Unwrapped that right now, for the first time ever, you can go out and renew for year three we've been holding it and all these people have been asking us like when can we when can we get it when can we get it and we're opening it up right now so you can go out and subscribe we really need every single subscriber who subscribed for year two to subscribe to year three if that happens there'll be a year four Mm. if we have a drop off there's maybe not going to be a year four So we're looking at this as our final exam, our report card, whatever you want to look at it for the Twin Peaks community to say, you know, well, maybe three years of the Blue Rose is enough. We're moving on from Twin Peaks or you guys want us to go back on. You know, we're both capitalists and we we're, we're going to believe in the market. <laughs> oh. So go out to bluerosemag.com and, and get year three. As always, it is cheaper from now till December 31st. Then it will be starting January 1st. That's what we've done the last year. So that way the first people get it for the cheapest price. So if you've always been the first one to jump in and subscribe, you've always paid the least amount. And that money prints. You know, I mean, that's how this works. We've never done a Kickstarter. We've never asked for money that you don't get a product for. But it's obviously the subscribers that pay for this monumental uh, printing cost. You know, there's friends out there that are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to subscribe. Just don't wait. Do it now. As soon as it's available. I know. You should renew. uh, Do it now. And on social media, you always see one person bring up wrapped in plastic. Then someone else will bring up, I know about another magazine. They brought it back. Like, I've seen posts where people are confused. They're like, I think that magazine's back. And you have to interject and you have to educate. You're like, no, this, no, subscribe to the Blue Rose magazine. So, People out there in social media, if you see people confused, put them in their spot and say, you need to subscribe to this magazine right now. Yeah. You know, one of the things Scott and I have talked about over the years we've been doing the magazine now is that we we know, you know, it's a different age these days than it was back when Wrapped in Plastic was out. And we're competing with the Internet and we're competing with just, you know, so much information that's just coming at people so fast. And we talk about how we want to slow things down a little bit and take our time and and get into some topics and i think issue eight is a great example exactly of what our intent was so Hmm. scott sits down for two hours with cheryl lee and talks about twin peaks and about her career and about her performances we had the opportunity to do that and then put it in this magazine and then i had an opportunity to talk to you know essentially a twin peaks scholar about theory about twin peaks and unwrap it there a little no pun intended. Uh, and so it fits the print media i think there's a value to it in that in that way we are slowing down a little and we're trying to focus ourselves on getting a little deeper into some things and that's what we want to do for year three. Uh, we do have some plans for year three. We have some potential interviews lined up. We um, have already talked about some themes for a couple of issues that that are coming. I don't know if Scott wants to, to talk about what they are. I'll let him do that if he does. But we do have some plans for year three and we want to, uh, you know, we want to continue the work. We've, we want to build on what we've done over the last couple of years. So hopefully we can do that. I know we'll be able to do that in three. Hopefully we can do that past that but again it is a it's a subscription and um you know we do depend on people sending us money so we can send them this product and uh if they send us money we'll keep sending them uh i i think we'll be sending them a pretty good magazine every couple of months definitely 
Yeah, is there a way we could do that thing where they send us money and we don't send them anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, some people do that, uh, <laughs> but we do not. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what we don't do. Um, I we will don't do that. I will give away one thing, um, and that is that issue 11 will be The Men of Lynch. Hmm. which will come out in August. Um, we've already got the writers, so you know we appreciate those who now will want to ask if they can write for it. We've actually already given out the assignments because you know, I know you guys had Courtney on, and thank you so much for doing that. And, yeah, it was great talking and, with her. And mm-hmm. giving her the, the respect that she earned and deserves for what she pulled off in issue seven. But we started work on that in December and still we're down to the wire because doing 40 essays and getting all those characters is hard. So we actually started The Men of Lynch, I think it might even be six weeks ago. Wow. Because wow. Wow. we just we want to be sure we do it right because we have a lot to live up to with the women of Lynch. Now, I can guarantee you it's not going to have that coding <laughs> issue set. Oh, that nice glossy coding. <laughs> again. That was something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that it was something, and it was a one of a kind. I can guarantee you, um, we would need mud, many, many, many more subscribers to uh, try to do that. It was a very interesting experiment, but uh, no. But but we we'll still have the. Uh, we've got some great writers for, for the men of Lynch. And do you know how many essays you're going to do for the men of Lynch? Yeah, it'll be 40 again, 40 male characters. Hard again to pick people, and even still, we'll probably change it, even though the assignments have been given out. I feel like, I mean, we're in this one, we're really even going to some of Lynch's shorts, and I feel like we might have hit every film and everything he kind of did. I'm not sure. Am I lying, John? I'm not not sure. No, we've been back and forth on the lists a number of times, and I think we, we do cover obviously oh, the main the main films but i think we get into a few of the more obscure works too i, I have to go back and look at the list yeah, but no, that's what we I, did in the in, i mean that's what we did in women of lynch we had well and courtney did but you know that issue has a few characters that are pretty obscure but yeah. but are important and um you know hotel room i can't remember the character's name from yeah, blackout Alicia, but uh, yeah. yeah um you know, that was something that happened later in the process. It was something that we, you know, like, oh, that there's some characters there that we're overlooking and they need to be in there. I'm glad you so, had that one. Um, and you also had Ruth from uh, On the Air. I think that was another uh, kind mm-hmm, of obscure pick, mm-hmm, but I, yeah. I really think it was the right pick. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we don't want to just hit, you know, everyone knows we're going to do Dale Cooper. You know, everyone knows <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do um, the Henry from Eraserhead. But, uh, you know, we've got some other characters that are important that don't they get overlooked often so we'll have those in there so you, you guys mentioned social media before when women of lynch came out there was we got a couple weird tweets or comments on and where they were like i bet they don't do men of lynch uh. like what are you like we were always <laughs> planning on doing men of lynch we just i was like are you kidding me so this it, we did not do it from some social pressure we were always <laughs> planning if we made it to year three that we would do a men of lynch and yes if we make it to year four we will do dogs and cats <laughs> <laughs> the dog from on the air uh, actually animals of lynch you could do the llama i mean yeah there's, there's quite a, a few animals there really are yeah. the bird this is an yeah. idea. The dog that runs away with the hand in its mouth and wild at heart. What's a dog comic book? The Angry Dog? There's, oh, there's a bunch oh, yeah. Of them. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Like, yeah, this it. isn't going to happen. So just. Like, <laughs> so I- issue eight was the, is the last issue of the year. Can you guys share with us, like looking back this year, do you get some highlights for putting out the Blue Rose magazine? I'll do issue five. I mean, issue five, uh, we had. The opportunity to, you know, contact Jeff Lemire, who is uh, just a, a fantastic writer. He produces some of the best comic books that are out on the market right now. I don't know how many of you guys may follow some of what he does, but he he puts out a comic for Image called Gideon Falls, yeah. which is just fantastic and very Twin Peaks influenced. And uh, he's an artist and a writer. And so he drew the cover for issue five for us, which was a real honor for him to you know, to do that for us. And uh, and in that same issue, we have an interview with Damon Lindelof, which, uh, you know, that was a real highlight for me to be able to talk to someone who is such a 
big influence in TV Hollywood right now. Yeah. Um, got big, big projects coming. I'm sure you guys know about that. And obviously is responsible for shows like Lost and The Leftovers. And so uh, he was so generous to give us time to talk about Twin Peaks. That was a super highlight for me this year. I think for me, there's two highlights that come to mind right away. One is when I got an email from Charlotte Stewart, like probably in May, when she said, can I subscribe to next year? Because I don't want to miss a year of your magazine. <laughs> and awesome. I mean, that's really cool when you get a Twin Peaks cast member like soliciting. So we actually, we didn't even have a, an ability to do it at that time but i said sure charlotte so she'll be our she is our first subscriber for year three wow and um i don't know that means something to me and also that we raised about two thousand dollars in 2018 well really 2017 to 2018 we we did from july to july we raised over $2,000, I got to figure out what the exact figure is, but for Catherine Colson's Welcome Fund. Oh. And we basically, everyone who subscribed, a dollar came to it from last year. And then we had a couple open at events. We collected some money. And Charlotte Stewart also helped us with that. She was mm -hmm. our celebrity spokesperson. And that all went to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And I know that they hung up, I think, a copy of uh, issue one. And we help, you know, what Catherine used to help with, which was helping the actors that move to town that are going to be there for three months or whatever at a play. And so the Twin Peaks community took on Catherine's um, good work of goodness oh, with that. That's so and cool. That's really nice. It was very nice. I mean, that I think will be a highlight for me because Catherine is, for me, the inspiration of the, the Blue Rose. That really is what sparked it for me. <laughs> Now, Scott, can you tell us uh, anything about uh, when you're in the UK Fest, um, the documentary that's going on about Catherine? Uh, you were part of that. Is there anything you can share with us yeah, about that? Um, it was, and John was interviewed too, so he can speak to this as well. I'm assuming John just talked about me the whole time. <laughs> um, I, Scott, you know, I did talk about you uh, in that interview. I don't know if they'll keep it. <laughs> I, had I had nothing but nice things to say about you. So. Oh, dang, I wonder if I can redo my interview. Because <laughs> yeah. You know, I know I hope they keep it in because it's the only time you're really going to hear me say anything nice. So, <laughs> uh, no, no, I, uh, I, I had a lot of uh, um, nice things to say about you and nice things to say about uh, Craig. Um, I'll just say them here. Um, I, there would be no wrapped in plastic if it wasn't for Craig Miller. Mm -hmm. That is, there is no doubt about that. That magazine was because of him. And there'd be no Blue Rose uh, without Scott Ryan. There is no doubt the magazine would not exist without him. Those two people are the people who are responsible for these magazines. So I will always say that whenever I'm interviewed, wherever I am, I will. I, that is something that people need to know. Uh, the hard, hard work is done by Scott on this magazine. That's exactly what I said, too. In <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, 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 no. I did, he did ask me about you and me. But, I mean, that's all going to get cut. I, I, I kept making the joke the whole time that I was basically ready to be Lara Flynn Boyle from Dead Poets Society and be cut from the whole movie. Aww. So I'm certain that they're getting Kyle MacLachlan and they have David Lynch and Charlotte Stewart. And, and Mark Frost. Meyer and, yeah. yeah, Mark Frost and... I mean, just really big people, so right. I don't know that I'll be in it. But I did share with them my meeting with Catherine out in Snoqualmie in 2015 and how her kindness to me in that moment mixed with the fact that she passed away only weeks later mm -hmm. really did kickstart me. You know, I, I said this in the documentary, and who knows if it'll make it or not, but I said... When I met Catherine, I was sitting in a cubicle at a major corporation, answering phone calls and doing things I didn't want to do. And since then, I've put out eight issues of a magazine, two books and a documentary. And that's and something. I, I believe it was meeting Catherine and, and seeing what she did. So I was honored to get to tell my story, whether it makes it to the movie or not is irrelevant. You know, I feel like I got to pay due to someone who mattered to me. So it was a great experience. And Richard Green is awesome. I mean, what a great guy. 
Mm. Yeah, we, we should mention that it was uh, Richard Green and Peter from Welcome to Twin Peaks, who are the people who were you know, making this documentary on Catherine Coulson. And they were there at the Twin Peaks UK Festival. They were talking to people and uh, getting you know additional footage to, to put in this documentary. And um, Scott and I were both lucky that they wanted to sit down and they talked to each of us individually about our history with Twin Peaks and uh, what, you know, our encounters with uh, over the years with Catherine Coulson. So that was that was an honor to be asked to do that, and I really enjoyed it. Nice. And the documentary is I Know Catherine the Log Lady, and uh, hopefully it'll right. be out next year maybe. Yeah, hopefully. He said he was going to start editing in November, so I think they must be getting at least close to it. So I mean, that's the thing about what Lindsay who is the organizer of the UK Fest, really pulls off. I mean, she had them do a talk. She had the cast members do a talk. John Piracello Skyped in. You had um, Christabel and Rebecca Del Rio performing. You have the Double R Club doing this amazing performance that I just absolutely love. They had a performer that did a Sarah Palmer routine that was... <laughs> best thing I'd seen in any of the years of the Double R Club. It was so, it was a great time. She's an amazing organizer. And Scott, you know, we just talked about kind of the highlights of the year. You know, people, for some reason, somebody hasn't gotten a subscription this past year. Can they still get a subscription of this this past year? Yes, everything is still up there. We are sold out of issue one. Someone recently said, yeah, but you held some back, right? And I was like, no. I'm like, would well, you not know me? I'd sell one of my kids if I could. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no. We don't have any issue ones. They're gone. But they can get uh, five, six, seven, and eight as uh, they can get year. two through eight. So we ah. still, we're, we're on our last box of issue two and issue four. When Ooh. those are gone, they're gone. But everything else, we're well stocked. from, And, and there is a package up that you can get two through eight or you can get two through 12. So that way you get everything we have and everything we'll have next year. Or you can get nine through 12, which is what I'm assuming most of your listeners will want to do for next year. Yeah. I definitely recommend if you like this magazine, you want to get it, get it now so you don't miss out on that. After college and moving around, my subscription. I shouldn't say this in front of John here, but uh -oh. I, I I didn't have my subscription, and so, you know, going back when I started doing this podcast, I had to start going looking for those issues, and it wasn't always easy to go back and say, okay, I'm missing this issue, I'm missing that issue. Mm. If you're interested in Twin Peaks, you're interested in Blue Rose Magazine, I would just get it now, so you don't have to worry about it years down the road saying, why didn't I get that Cheryl Lee interview? Well, uh, and it's so much cheaper to subscribe to. Yeah, and yep. that's the way we do it, you know, because that's what we need to survive. So. <laughs> I, I have a story to tell. Can I tell a story? Yeah, yes. yeah. <clears throat> so I have, there's two listeners out there that I don't know who they are. And I'm assuming they listen to your show. <laughs> okay. They, quit, they, they probably quit listening to the Red Room podcast. So I have to apologize <laughs> to two people that I don't know. So all weekend long at the UK Fest, it was people were so nice. They were coming up all the time to tell me how much they love the Blue Rose magazine and how much they love John Thorne. You know, I, I got to, you know, which is great for me because I love John Thorne too. And I was just really <laughs> on all weekend about being really polite and thankful. And I don't mind that. Like, it's awesome that our work is noticed. But then it was over. It was Sunday night. It had been two days. It was over. And I walked out of the event and I even took off my little, you know, uh, badge thing. And I even said to my wife, like, oh, you know, it's done. Like, oh, let's get something to eat. I was starving. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And this guy came up to me. He obviously was from probably Eastern Europe. And he said, I recognize your voice. You're from the Red Room podcast. Mm -hmm. And no one had mentioned the Red Room podcast the whole time. I just wasn't prepared. And I don't know what was wrong with me, but I just looked at him and I said, oh, I'm so sick of doing that podcast. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> now, I don't know why I said that. You're being sarcastic, being funny that. as you always are. And then I just looked at him and my wife said, Scott. And then I just looked at him and I said, I'm drunk. 
I didn't drink anything. I'm drunk. Oh. I just walked away. Oh. It was horrible. And it wasn't until we were eating about a half an hour later, I started laughing so hard remembering what happened. So I figured they quit the Red Room po- podcast and they're back over here. So I'd like to apologize to those people and say I was tired. I was hungry. I don't hate the Red Room podcast. I do. I love what I get to do. And my response to them should have been, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I love the Red Room, too. <laughs> uh, I wanted to issue that apology. Uh, That's too funny. It's understandable. I yeah. think it's a long day. Man, you've been nailing it. Red Room Podcast is on fire recently with the interviews you've been getting. Well, and I know I really had been working on it. The Julie Cruz interview was awesome, but I had worked on it a lot, and we put songs in it. And I, d- I don't hate it. I don't know why I said that. I really... <laughs> I, I felt for Alec Baldwin. You know how yeah. he's always getting in trouble. Yeah, with people? <laughs> it just fell right out of my mouth. I was just hungry. Right. Uh, At the same time, you, you've been doing that podcast for nine years, right? I mean, I don't know. Is it, it might? Has yeah, it been I that? guess so. Probably nine years. I think it was nine years, which is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that you've been doing it that long. I know, and I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the, the person that, that went up to Scott. He's sorry. Go back to the Red Room podcast. He, he likes doing it. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it was uh, you know, I picture that, that guy going home and just burning like a Red Room podcast like poster. He's burning his shirt. He doesn't like it. Uh, no, that's what issue. Now we know what issue nine is going to be. It's going to be page after page of Scott apologizing. <laughs> Uh, it really was my wife Jen was horrified with me she was like why would you say that and why did you tell him you were drunk and I thought there was no excuse for what I said so I thought saying I was drunk might help uh, (laughs) oh my god horrible interaction and what was John to save you here? John, John already taken off. John or? had, yeah, he was. I had, I, um, sadly, I had left. I was not at the last part, the Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening part of the UK festival, which was, you know, the, the Q and A with the actors, which I would love to have been there, but um, we had this trip to the UK and we were trying to fit in as much as we could, and so we had some other plans. But uh, yeah, I missed that part. But the part I did attend. Uh, was a lot of fun, I must say. Uh, just to to follow up on what Scott said, it, it it is extremely well organized, and everything is kind of in one place. You don't have to you know travel to other other areas, or you know it's all kind of condensed in one spot. But there's so much going on, and everywhere you turn, there's some element of Twin Peaks that's been. Uh, added to to the decor or you know from the music to decorations on the wall to just even walking down hallways it it, they really went all out and so i want to give them full credit and compliment for how well they did on that festival so uh where are you at right now with blue rose i mean it's you said it's at the publisher we're we're getting close to uh, it's at the printer i'm assuming that probably next week i'll get it back and then we'll um we will do the packaging and get it out. I think people will have it really close to November 1st. Are we going to get a video of you singing? I wanted a video of just stamping and uh, music and... and rapping and <laughs> yes. singing and... Well, I mean, that's what happens when it, when it does. And, you know, I think I took a request for what people... Someone wanted me to do this time. And Ooh. I forget what it would... What, do you guys have any requests? No, but now that you, I know you're taking requests. I mean, I always love Billy. I know you like Billy Joel. I always like Billy Joel. You can't go wrong with Billy Joel. Yeah, I think I did We Didn't Start the Fire, though. Yeah, I think you already have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll do River of Dreams. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my dream come true. So but as, as you're on your podcast, you said that was Billy Joel didn't like that one or it wasn't a success. That one was didn't do very well for him, even though... It was actually a, you know, a successful album. I know, yeah, that was such a crazy interview. That guy, yep, I can't think of his name right now, that did the interview with Billy. He, like, has my dream job. That was a good you podcast. Know, any listeners that you have who are in Dallas, and if you're going to see Cheryl Lee and Ray Wise, John and I are going to be there. And then the following day at Intrabang Bookstore, I will be doing a Letterman signing and reading and Q&A. So if you're going to be in the Dallas area on November 18th, come out to Intrabang Books and 
I'll be peddling my Letterman book and, and doing a reading. And then on November 10th, I'll be in Columbus, uh, at the Colum- in my hometown at Easton, Barnes & Noble, doing a reading and signing there as well. Awesome. Wow, that's awesome. You guys get around, don't you? you that's guys- great. <laughs> Come do a reading over in our neck of the woods, Scott. That would be fun. Um, it's really hard to get anyone interested in an author. Um, I have a publicist for the Dave book, and she did contact me and said, I tried to get you on a show. They said your name wasn't big enough. And I said, could you tell them my name is Scottito O. Van Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think my, I don't think my publicist likes me. <laughs> she, she thought it was funny. That was good. It was great talking with you. One more time, how can people subscribe to the Blue Rose Magazine for issue eight? BlueRoseMag.com Everything is out there. If you haven't got issue eight yet, you're going to want to. We did. We are lowering what we were printing, you know, and we're going to stay at that lower level. We were sort of thinking we were going to grow. We were ordering a ton of magazines and that's sort of not going to be our business model moving forward. So I should have pointed that out in subscription that it's going to be a get it or lose it type of atmosphere moving forward. And so you're going to want to go out, get issue eight, and year three is now officially opened for the first time. And where can everybody find you and John on social media? You could find me on Twitter, at ThornWhip, T-H-O-R-N-E-W-I-P. That's pretty much it for me, but I'm there. At BlueRoseMag1 is the Blue Rose, and at ScottLuckStory is is my... Letterman account or whatever I'm working on at that moment. And your your book, the the Letterman book, is right. I, I got. I'm almost done with the uh, Room to Dream, and your book is right underneath it, ready to go. I'm very excited to read it. You already got it. You already yeah. got a copy. I got a copy. I did order one just recently. I ordered it like like I know, but before I- Scott even said the word Letterman, I ordered <laughs> it. I was like, yeah, done. I got it. I just recently ordered it, so when will I expect to get my book? Your book will be on its way. Uh, the book comes out officially November 6th. Okay. Well, you got an early copy, Brian? I think some well, other people did, too. The, right. Part of the thing was is that we didn't know we were going to get a distributor for the book. So mm-hmm. I had put the book up on pre-order on April 12th for Dave's birthday because at that point I wanted the book to come out in September. When we got the distributor, they asked for more time. They said, we won't be able to market this in time. Can we move the book back to November? And I said, yeah, but I said, I sold some already. Do you care if I supply those? And then when they you know, heard how few I had sold, they said, we don't care about that. (laughs) The inner circle that went out in April and bought them early, I did supply them. So there are a peppering of books out there, but I figure it's like creating some buzz. But for the world, now that, you know, it has a distributor, it's November 6th, which is election day. And so I say (laughs) vote for Dave and be sure you go out and vote for your country as well. Very well said. Thank you, John Scott. Yeah, my pleasure. Always fun talking to you guys. And you can follow us at Twin Peaks Unwrap. You can like us on Facebook at Twin Peaks. And if you have a comment, a theory, a question... You can send us an email at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. Also, give us that five-star review on iTunes, and you can follow us on YouTube. We're also on Spotify. We're on Google Play. Am I missing anything, Ben? Well, you can always support us using uh, going to TeePublic. We, you know, we have shirts and mugs and cell phone cases. Cell phone cases and that just a, a percentage of that will go back to us, and it helps support this podcast. And usually, you know, yeah. it'll pay, pay for our server. And sometimes if we need to buy a DVD to watch and talk about, that'll help that out. Yeah. And you can find that link in the show notes every week. That that link is there. And don't forget the holidays are coming up. Not only can you find Twin Peaks Unwrapped merchandise in our merch store, there's some other people we highlight from the T-Bubbuck Twin Peaks community, you can support those people as well. So you can do that to support us. And with that being said, we'll see you guys later on. See you next week. Mm-hmm.